Hello and welcome to the What Are We Even Doing Here podcast, a podcast that seeks to answer the question of what are we even doing here from a biblical perspective. We are part of the Christian Podcast Community. Check out this and so many other great podcasts at christianpodcastcommunity.org. My name is Daryl, and the Word of God says in Luke 24, starting in verse 13, that very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about all the things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day, and since these things have happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back, saying they had even seen a vision of angels, who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he was going farther. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is towards the evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the word of God. Now, I read I read this, and it was a long passage, and I'm sorry that I stumbled over a few of my words there, a few of the words written here, but it was necessary to read this whole passage, because recently, and if you listen to the last podcast I posted, not the last one, the last one I posted was a sermon, definitely go listen to that one, I preached Romans, or exhorted Romans 8 verses 31 to 39. But the previous one from last week that I I posted with Scott Dove, my guest Scott Dove, who shared his amazing story of what God's doing in his life. So check that out. But we talked briefly about a recent tweet from a very popular person within the evangelical community. 
Yeah, Andy Stanley. But but it, it's, now I did go listen to half of the message. I, I didn't listen to the full message that that is he associated with this tweet. But it's a tweet that I want to address because he put it out there. I think recently, since then, he has deleted the the actual tweet. But this is what what it said: the Christian faith does not rise and fall on the accuracy of 66 ancient documents. It rises and falls on the identity of a single individual, Jesus of Nazareth. Now, what 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 both Scott and I said, and we both re- referred to Luke 24, uh, was that Jesus here in Luke 24 is referring back to the Old Testament, right? So most of the 66 books... Yes, they didn't have the New Testament at the time Jesus is speaking here. They didn't have the New Te- the New Testament. It was being written, at, you know, during the, a time after the death of Jesus, but not much long after it. But what 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 is documented by the New Testament writers is a lot of references back to the Old Testament, and Jesus here himself is saying, "Oh, foolish ones." And slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Where did the prophets speak? Where would these guys have heard what the prophets have spoken? From the Old Testament. The prophets pointed to Christ. The Old Testament, Genesis up to the New Testament, the whole whole Bible points to Jesus. Old Testament pointing forward, New Testament pointing back. But what's Jesus say? Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and the prophets, so we have we have the Pentateuch, the, the books Moses wrote, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and all of the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures, all the scriptures, not just some, all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So, those things concerning himself point to the identity of Jesus of Nazareth. See, yes, it, 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 it is this single individual which the Christian faith rises and falls upon Jesus, right? But he was pointed to, he was witnessed to in the Old Testament as well as the New. All 66 books of the Bible are the Christian's. All 66 books point to Christ. He could be preached from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, all the way through to to Revelation. You, a good pastor, a good preacher will be able to preach Jesus from the Old and the New Testament, all 66 books. So it doesn't have to be just... Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and that's how we know the identity of Jesus. Not just what Paul wrote in the epistles, Peter. So it's not just this New Testament. So it, it, it is all of Scripture. All of Scripture. So what, what could Jesus possibly have been pointing to? I'll just give one example here. And I'll just turn some pages. Turning pages. Speaking of turning pages, there's a, a podcast I listen to called Just Thinking, and one of the things they say a lot is turning pages. And they're on the Bar Podcast Network, and I I would recommend them and listen to also listen to the Bar Podcast. And I'm not just saying that because I was on a recent episode, but it is a good podcast to listen to, and that whole network is good. 
but what what could Jesus be referring to when he when he says the the Moses and the prophets point to him? Well, let's look look at one prophet, Isaiah. Isaiah fifty three. What does Isaiah 53 say? Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, and like a root out of dry ground, he had no form or majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. You can already tell, as you read this so far, that it's speaking of somebody who's despised, somebody who's not going to be looked upon as this great king to come. And many, as Jesus would go in his ministry, they were saying he's claiming to be king. That's what the the Pharisees told Pilate. He's claiming to be king. We, We have no king but Caesar, but... But many didn't believe that. The Pharisees didn't believe that. They didn't. They didn't see him. They didn't esteem him. What's it goes on to say in verse four? Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. So, so he's bearing our griefs, carrying our sorrows. So this suffering Messiah is spoken of by this prophet Isaiah. Do you think that this could be one of the passages that, that Jesus opened for, for these two disciples, Cleopas and his friend, and their hearts burned within them? Verse 5, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all our sins being placed upon Jesus. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. This is, this is here in the Old Testament. The Old Testament, one of the 66 books that speak of Christ, speak of Jesus, speak of that suffering Messiah. Uh, his identity is starting to be revealed in the Old Testament. And Jesus himself says that. Verse 7, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that was led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before his shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. More imagery of what we see in the Gospels, what we see portrayed when Jesus is in front of these leaders. Verse 8, by oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off of the land of the living, stricken for the transgressions of my people? He was cut off. He was crucified. We have it here. It's Isaiah 53. You know, many many Jewish people grow up, even in Israel here, that they don't read Isaiah 53. They, they don't see it or they have a different interpretation of it. But I saw a video once of a man doing ministry in Israel, reading Isaiah 53 to them in Hebrew. And he would ask them, who do you think this is about? And and most of them would say, Yeshua. It's about Jesus, you know, the Christian Jesus. And then he tells them, well, this is in our Bible. This is in the Old Testament. This is in the, the Jewish Bible. 
Verse 9, And they made his grave with the wicked, and with a rich man in his death. Although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth, his grave was with a rich man. He was buried. Jesus was buried in the tomb of, of Joseph of Arimathea, who was a rich man. And this was told about in the Old Testament. Verse 10, Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. And when his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring, and he shall prolong his days. It was the will of the Lord to crush him. It was the will of the Lord. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Yahweh. It was the will of Yahweh to crush him for our sins. This, this, this was all talked about in the Old Testament. Verse 11, out of anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. Let me turn the page here. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Again, the bearing of our sin, the sin bearer, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, Jesus, spoken of in the Old Testament pointing to Christ, pointing forward to Christ. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and and makes intercession for the transgressors. Jesus makes intercession for us. Believers, he he intercedes for us. Hebrews says he lives to make intercession for those who draw near to him through faith. Jesus is at the right hand of God right now, seated, a place of authority, a place of power, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. He is King of kings, Lord of lords, and he makes intercession for us, brothers and sisters. And this is told about in the Old Testament. And this is just one place. There's many others we can go to. We, we can preach Christ from every book of the Bible. Because it points to him. You know, we have creation in Genesis and then the fall of man. And then right away, we have God saying the seed of the, the woman would crush the serpent's head. The head crusher. And then we see pictures of that. We see even David and Goliath. When when David crushes Goliath, he, he, he cuts his head off. You know, we have the head crushing of, of the, when he when he takes the stone and he, and he slings it into Goliath's head and then he cuts off his head, we have that picture of the head crusher. And it's all throughout the Old Testament pointing to the ultimate head crusher, Jesus Christ on the cross, who defeated Satan. Satan is bound. He defeated him. And it's all talked about in the Old Testament. The old te- All 66 books of the Bible are important. They're all God-breathed. All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable. Uh, I don't have that verse. I'm not going to rattle it off for you, but Second uh, Timothy, three sixteen. But we we need we need all the scriptures. We need it. It's it's inerrant, infallible, and we can't just t- take pieces here and there that we want to believe and not believe, because they are all accurate. So we we need them all, and you can't just say, oh well, you don't have to believe that that Jonah, the story of Jonah was wasn't was real or wasn't real. Was there a fish that swallowed a man, a big fish? That's what it says. <laughs> That's what the Bible says. And Jesus himself referred to that. 
He said, one greater than Jonah is here. As, as Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth. You can't get around this. You can't pick and choose what you want to believe as Christians. You can't try to to say, well, you know, if you're hung up on on the Jonah story or if you're hung up on the virgin birth, it's all right. We have this other story of Jesus' resurrection, his death and resurrection, and we know that happened. Well, if if you if you get rid of the other supernatural stuff, why should anybody believe that the resurrection happened? What what, what we need is the Holy Spirit to to regenerate our hearts. We need to take we need the heart of stone to be made a heart of flesh, so we can believe. We must be born again. Jesus says to Nicodemus, "You can't even see the kingdom of God unless you were born from above, born again. You must be born again by water and the Spirit." Is a supernatural act. So to try to convince people that, that Christianity is real by saying you don't have to believe this or that, no, we have to believe it all. There's there's no reason to believe that Jesus lived a perfect, righteous life, that he is the second person of the Trinity. He is the Son of God. Very God, a very God, very man, a very man. There's no reason to believe that if... if we start saying, well, you don't have to believe this part. You don't have to believe this part. You don't have to believe this part. Well, Jesus speaks of of everything that's in the Bible. He unpacks from all the scriptures on the road to Emmaus. And didn't our hearts burn is what the disciples said. Don't, don't our hearts as Christians burn? When, when our pastors are preaching the word of God on the sun, on, on the Lord's Day morning and Lord's Day evening, and, and, and they're preaching passionately, They've studied the word, they've been praying, and then we're looking at the the Bible as as they're preaching. And don't don't our hearts sometimes burn? We're we're humbled under un, under under the word. We come face to face with our sin. There's why would we want to get rid of any of it? Because all of it has a purpose. All of it, like God doesn't put anything in His Word that we don't need. We don't may not understand it. We might not know it. We might not. I just don't get it. I'm, I'm, it's there for a reason. God put his word. Man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And it's here, and we have it. We we're blessed to have these 66 books. We're blessed to have it in, in a language we can read. And, and we're blessed to have passionate preachers, pastors on the Lord's Day, exhorting the word to us, doing passionate exposition of the word, explaining it, and preaching Christ from it. From every book of the Bible, Christ is there. And it's a beautiful thing. So why would we want to reject that? But that's all I wanted to talk about today. And, and just go to your worship service on the Lord's Day expecting to hear from God, to hear about Christ, to be reminded of of our sin, that it's forgiven, that he was crushed for our iniquities. It was the will of the Lord to crush him, to crush his son for us, for his glory, for our good. So think about that. We, we don't need to take anything out of the Bible. God put it in. He put it in so we will believe it and we'll search it out. If you don't understand it, search it out. 
Get with your pastor. Get with your elders. Ask them questions. And if they don't know, hopefully they'll dig in with you. But it's all important. It's all there. It's all there for a reason. We have 66 accurate books. (laughs) They're all accurate as to what God wants us to know. So study your word. Keep reading your word. Go on the Lord's Day. We're going to sing the word. We're going to hear it preached. We're going to hear it prayed. We're going to pray it together. It's, It's there. It's there for us. It's a gift. It's a blessing for us. So please don't give up any part of the word of God. It's there for you, Christian. And if you haven't believed, if you don't believe it, if you're just listening to me ramble and you don't know what I'm talking about, then you're like, that Bible's not true. You can believe it. You can. By the Holy Spirit, I pray that the Holy Spirit changes your heart, that you realize you're a sinner. So turn to Christ and live. Jesus Christ lived a perfect, righteous life, completely obeying God's law, God's word, all of it. And then he died on the cross. As the scriptures, according to the scriptures. And he was buried and he was raised again according to the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and he's coming back to judge the quick and the dead according to the scriptures. So trust, turn to Christ and live. Turn from your sin Turn from trusting in yourself. Turn from trusting in any false religion. And turn to the true and living God. The God who sent his son to die for sinners who believe. So believe today. Turn to Christ and live. Well, that's all I have for you. Check out, like I said, the Bar Podcast Network. And check out The Bar with Dwayne. And the Just Thinking podcast because they turn some pages. And until next time, oh yeah, also check out all the podcasts at christianpodcastcommunity.org. Until next time, I pray you continue to seek the kingdom of God and find out what we are even doing here. Grace and peace. Drive safe, Grady. Turning pages.